Welcome to the Online Course Masters Show, where you learn how to create, launch, and promote your own online courses. Today, we're back with Jeremy Deegan and myself, Phil Abner, host of the show. And we have a great guest, Johnny Armandry, who is going to teach us a lot about sound, hopefully, to help you as online <laughs> course creators uh, learn a few tips on uh, making your sound better and just to hear about his journey into creating online courses. I know there's a lot of, of stuff that's gone on in his life that over the past few years that I'm really excited to dive into. So first of all, off, welcome Johnny to the show. We're excited to have you here. I feel excited to be here myself. And Jeremy, welcome back. Uh, how, how's it going today, man? Everything's doing real good, man. Happy to be here. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, so you emailed us about some crazy stuff in in your life that has happened since 2016 pretty traumatic actually um moving uh, cardiac arrest uh, from for your wife who luckily yeah. survived and thankfully um you quit your job moved to canada moved back to europe i think you're in poland now you said uh, can <laughs> yeah. you, you share a little bit more uh, talk about your background and and yeah walk us through that so my background, you mean like way back when or, or from 2016? Well, t first off, talk about what your like profession is and what kind of courses you teach. But then, yeah, I want to hear the story about like how you got into teaching online and just what happened with your, your wife and, and that decision to move uh, to Canada and back. Sure. Uh, so my background's in, in film music and film music uh, composition. Uh, I, that's what I studied at, at uni, but uh, with a production focus, music production. So creating it all electronically in in, uh, in uh, doors, logic, things like that. Straight out of uni, I uh, had a go at uh, full-time composing and, and had had a good run. Um, worked on plenty of commercials, plenty of big projects, had some stuff recorded with orchestras, won awards around the world, things like that, which is really, really cool. And I feel really lucky to have uh, to have had that. And then I went into teaching, um, uh, lecturing at Le Leeds College of Music and uh, worked my way through that until I was uh, full time, uh, full time there and, and uh, actually running the uh, pop music course, not the not the film music course, running their, um, their 16 to 18 year old uh, pop music mm -hmm. course. So that was full time and full on. And that was my, our, uh, our routine of life. Meanwhile, my wife's uh, my wife's Polish and we always had kind of itchy feet about whether we were going to stay in the UK or maybe move to somewhere else in Europe and things like that. And, uh, but we, we was always talking about it and we, we, we talked about moving to Poland quite a few times and, um, never really, there was never any reason to go. There was never any real kind of, other than us wanting to go, there was never any deadline or anything, nothing that made us like say, we have to go now. And then, yeah, towards the, uh, the end of, uh, 2016, my wife, uh, we had the whole family around. We were all, um, just having a nice time. We were getting ready to go out to a, to a, a zoo nearby. My wife stood up and was walking ac across the room to go to the kitchen and then just hit the floor. Um, and she cracked her head off the side of a door frame on the way. And uh, so she's on the floor and there's like blood everywhere and she's just not moving. And no one knew what was going on. Thank God her um, stepmother's a, a nurse and just jumped straight in, straight into CPR. We phoned the ambulance and she was just working on a, took 11 minutes for the ambulance to get there. And they, uh, gave her a defibrillation and then took her in the back of an ambulance and we chased her to the hospital. And then we were obviously waiting, waiting around the hospital and this doctor came up and said, um, so yeah, we think what's happened is, is your wife's had a, had a, a sudden cardiac arrest, her heart's stopped and it's, mm -hmm. um, that's what's happened. And I was like, you're at the wrong, you're at the wrong bed. Like yeah. she banged her head off the door. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you're talking to the wrong people. He said, no, that banging the head was the, was just because, because of this, this happened. Mm -hmm. 
So they gave her a diff. She has a like an implanted defibrillator now. So if anything ever happens again, that she's it'll shock her. Everyone's jealous of it because everyone everyone in the family is now terrified. They're all just going to drop dead oh at any gosh. minute because <laughs> <laughs> only like five percent of people survive it. It's pretty amazing. Wow. Um, but yeah, so that sorry that was a long a long story. But that uh, that like just said you know we were like right we we have to do something something now we have to um, we have to really change our lives a little bit and just and just do something a bit different so we um i'd already having looked we were looking at places that speak english around europe that we could move to you know we'd even looked at like malta and stuff beforehand mm -hmm. and then just that summer before this sudden cardiac arrest i'd seen on um, the canadian website the type of work me and my wife do with clusters as skilled work so there was a chance of visas there and so after a cardiac arrest we were like let's do it let's just put all into it and we did we, we gave it everything uh, got our permanent residency and but just bef this is just in the, uh, before he left you know we were both kind of beforehand i was working and and she had my cushy job and i was comfortable and just kind of getting on with that people were, my, my old contacts were saying hey have you got time to to maybe work on this project and some things i did some things i didn't and then uh someone who i was on my master's degree with uh thomas george messaged out of the blue and said um who yeah you've you've worked with thomas i know mm -hmm. uh he messaged out of the blue and kind of said I know you do film music. I'm, I'm thinking about putting a film music course together because uh, I teach online. And I knew we did stuff like that because I'd had I'd had some of his emails. And I just said, yeah, well, I was just, I'd sort of got it, got used to saying yes again. So I was saying yes to everything. So he said, do I do a film music course? I was like, yeah, man. <laughs> so I uh, went over, recorded a course with him and launched that. And that, it, it does okay. It just trundles away. Um, obviously, Tom Thomas is more focused on music production. So this is a kind of an offshoot, offshoot course here on film music. And we launched that just like a, a few weeks before we left to Canada. And then in Canada, sorry, this is becoming a really long story. No, it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying it. So I'm sure all of our listeners are enjoying it as well. <laughs> um, in Canada, we, uh, we, you know, after it's strange, like before you, before we went, you, uh, you can probably imagine like life just felt like this mad bubble of, of trying to balance work and trying to sort out residency and sort out moving house and all this mayhem. And then we got to Canada and just had a moment to actually breathe. And about a month in went, what the hell are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> We're on the other side of the world, all our families uh, over in Europe. And we had, we have a little, a, a little girl. She was, um, I mean, when we were planning it, she was only a baby. And I mean, uh -huh. I know you've just you've recently had twins as well. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and you, you probably know that sort of when they are babies, it's, it sounds really bad, but it's kind of easy to forget about them mm -hmm. <laughs> because they they sleep and they're a massive part of your life, but they don't have personality, like much character or personality yet. Mm -hmm. And then just as we got to Canada, our daughter Lila just switched and suddenly she's a little girl and, you know, we're Skyping with the grandparents and thinking, wow, they're missing out. So thought, right, we need to, we, you know, we, we, well, let's just treat this as, as a fun holiday, a year, a year out from, from real life. And then we'll look at, going back but we need, I need to need to work out what we're doing job wise and, and security wise and, and things and um before, again I, when i'd asked tom about what he does and everything that he's working he's working on I mentioned your um digital marketing masterclass. he said just check that out and hmm. um i'll give you a good clue on the digital marketing stuff so i i did and i i looked at the course and thought wow this is amazing and looked a bit more into it and kind of realized wow maybe this is something i could actually do so kind of started putting plans into place while we were in Canada to, to sort of start building that and just had a quick go at recording uh, uh, my first my first uh, sort of solo course, which was a, a pop history course. I, just because I already had the materials, I thought, let's do something easy to start with, something I already have 
because I used to teach pop history all day, every day at, uh, at the college. So, so we already have put that together and, and go. And then when we moved to Poland, um, my wife got a job here. Uh, so for the first few months in Poland, we were, uh, she was in training. So we were living in, in various, um, places. And then when we finally moved to where we are now, which is Wrocław, which is a beautiful town, uh, city, I, I saw one of this full time. Cool. What was the town uh, yeah. you're in right now? I'm going to look it up on Google. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I might have to spell it then. It's called Wrocław, which is W-R-O-C-L-A-W, but L okay. with a line through it. <laughs> Got it. Awesome. It's famous for having these little tiny little brass dwarves everywhere. It's really cool. Oh, cool. So, cool. so your first class, your first course that you made was the one with Thomas on uh, music production. It was uh, film music uh, production and uh, film music composition and production in Logic Pro X. Now, had you ever done anything like that before? Have you ever made like YouTube videos or done any kind of video production like that in the past? Nothing at all. No. Um, yeah. The only videos I'd done previously, had, I'd recorded, there was one uh, film that I worked on and I'd, all the music was created by like um, tapping on beer cans and tools I had and stuff like that. And I, re I recorded that because I was really into this guy called Diego Stocco at the time and put that on YouTube. And it's pretty grim watching it now. I had like really manky socks <laughs> on when I was playing it and stuff. <laughs> you can see my feet in the video. But, uh, but yeah, so that's the only kind of experience I'd had with, with, uh, with video production. So, so what was that like uh, making that first course? I mean, I'm sure working with Thomas, it was a lot smoother than a lot, a lot of other people <laughs> go through because Thomas is an expert. He's really good. He, he produces really high quality stuff. But what, just tell us a little bit about that, that first course. Like, you know, how to go? What were you thinking? What was going on at that time? Yeah, I had yeah, I had it really easy um, with Tom, obviously, uh, and I I don't know what I was thinking at the time because it was, I mean, I literally knew nothing about the online online course world. In my head, obviously coming from a university, I was like, online courses were like sometimes parts of things that were integrated into their systems that there were all these like slideshow um, dull things. So from a production standpoint, it was um, uh, it was yeah, it was it was fairly easy because Tom. Thomas just looked, looked, looked after everything really. Mm. I had, uh, I mean, I turned up for the first session with him. Um, I sort of pulled out my lectures basically. And I had, I had slideshows on, on a, on a laptop and I kind of, we sat in his, in his, in his room and he had the camera on me. That's something he, he did struggle with because he doesn't wear glasses and I do. So he had one of those halo lights and obviously <laughs> on glasses, it's just mm. like two <laughs> glowing eyes on my actual glass, like reflect on my glasses. But yeah, so, um, I kind of gave these, these, uh, these long lectures about everything that's involved in the film music world and all this stuff and tom kind of said can we look at some like actual projects you've worked on i was like are people gonna like that really <laughs> i mean yeah i guess so pulled out the things on his laptop and just went through tore apart some tr some tracks which i'm amazed i never thought about doing when i was actually lecturing really because it mm -hmm. was people do people do love that kind of stuff but yeah. i don't know lecturing felt like you had to be in a hall and have a presentation and stand <laughs> and talk and teach whereas really i could have just could have saved myself a lot of prep work. <laughs> yeah, people love uh, to see, they love to see the behind the scenes and like your thought process of how you put that, you know, piece together or artwork that you create, like how, how did yeah. you get from point A to point B? So after you launched that first course, did you like make money right away off of that first course? You remember making like your first dollar online? <laughs> yeah, well, um, again, part of the benefit of being with, with Thomas is he, he already had a good fan, a good, um, student base, not as many obviously as he has now. Cause this was, was 2016. But I think when I first spoke to him, he had about 25,000 students. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many of those were, were free students versus, um, versus paying ones. But so yeah, the launch was, the launch was, was, um, was pretty good. And it, it's, I think we made, uh, maybe 
I'm not sure if I should say if I should say with with, with the obviously being Tom Moose as well, but it was a couple a couple hundred dollars on the first. Yeah. And what, first what was that like when you first saw that come through? Was it awesome? <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind kind of. It sounds really bad, but um, my my story in terms of leaving was is a typical like I left my big paying job to go and live in live in the sticks kind of thing. So my salary at the time was was good. You know, it was, I was earning really good money. Um, so yeah, it, although that money came through, I was like, that's pretty cool. And, you know, um, knowing that it was being launched as such a big student base as well, there was, there was an expectation that some, like, you know, some good money would come through, but yeah, it was exciting. And then particularly when I kind of saw that it, it kept coming, you know, mm-hmm. month after month, yeah. it kept coming in. I mean, yeah, sure. It went, it went down a little bit, but rejected the course a little bit and that gave it a bit of a, a bit of a boost. And, and then, yeah, while I, while I saw this money kept rolling in, I also was obviously taking these digital marketing courses and reading everything about it and kind of saw that that's how it works. Yeah. And actually only just recently, this sounds, this sounds crazy, but I was talking to someone recently. Um, uh, do, do you guys know much about production music or library music? Yeah. Just cause bit. I use it, but no. Yeah. Much, yeah. I, mean, I should probably explain it anyway, since, uh, since, um, uh, for, for the listeners too, but library music's like, you just create tracks, submit them to music libraries, and then video editors can easily get those. They're already pre-licensed, ready to go. They can pay a, pay a fee to just use those tracks straight away. And, um, the, the idea is you just write lots of high quality music. You know, people are writing, uh, well, in fact, I interviewed someone on my, my podcast the other day who writes three tracks per day for, you know, as, as an in-house composer, um, for a, for a library, you know, that's hundreds of tracks per year. But then years later, those, resi- the royalties start coming back in from them growing. And I was talking to someone the other day and I, I said, yeah, I mean, online courses are a bit like library music. And that was the first time I'd said it. And the first time I thought about it, I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, just, yeah. you just keep doing it and then it keeps growing. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, so you have your own podcasts and you have your own whole brand soundtrack Academy and we'll include show notes to, and links in the show notes to all your stuff. So you can check that out at onlinecoursemasters.com slash eight six. Um, what is First off, what's the podcast? What's your podcast called for our listeners? Uh, soundtrack.academy. Okay. So that's the podcast. And so this is like strictly with people who are creating soundtracks that people use for film and video and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So each week I interview, um, a composer who's working in the industry. Uh, I mean, I've had a director on those well to kind of look at how they, they view music. Um, but it's been really cool. I've had some really, uh, some really cool people put themselves forward. Um, like Sharon Faber, who who's vice president of the Alliance of Women Composers. Um, she works on, or oh, she's four time Emmy nominated, things like that. Nice. Um, I've just cool. lined up. Do you remember, do you remember point blank? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Classic Stigal film. Yeah. I've just lined up the, uh, the, uh, composer for that as well. A few weeks. Nice. <laughs> so That's very really cool. cool. I mean, how much are people making with the soundtracks? Like you talk about that person who was making three tracks a day. Like how much can someone make with their, with that kind of business? Um, I, it's it's the same question as how much as you can make from online courses. Yeah. Uh, it's it's such a variable. Um, like I was still chatting to a guy who does a lot of trailer music, and and you know if you get trailer music tend, tends to be made up of loads of, of snippets of other people's tracks. So when you see someone said, "Oh, it's called the music for this trailer," it's normally like two seconds of that trailer. Yeah. <laughs> but if you land like an Avengers trailer, you know it's 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 twenty forty thousand. Mm-hmm dollars mm-hmm. just for that on that hit plus you don't get many royalties and trailers but um yeah. but yeah from that but the uh 
there's a there's a book by Dan Graham and the Library Music book, and he he runs Gothic Storm, uh, the, the Library Music Company, mm-hmm. and uh, his sort of ethos is you write like 50 tracks a year, and within three to five years you can be making a hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah, kind of. Thing. I mean, it's, yeah, to, yeah, it's very similar quality. to online courses or stock photos, stock videos. It's just putting yeah. in the work and reaping the rewards later on, and hoping that you know the content that you create now will continue to sell and create semi-passive income. And I would imagine that the, uh, I mean, the stock music is more passive than an online course where you're having to answer questions and update and and do that <laughs> all that kind of work later on. Um, yeah. So you talked about, you know, taking the digital marketing class and learning about that. Um, looking at your website, soundtrack.academy, it seems like you have a very great, like, it's very well set up, like exactly what I would think that a new online course creator should do. And you are in sort of the beginning of your online course journey, you're making a few hundred dollars a month. And so Mm -hmm. for anyone who's listening, I would definitely recommend them to check out your website. Can you kind of talk to us about your process of starting the Soundtrack Academy brand and what you really wanted, how you built your website to be what it is today? Sure. Uh, thanks for the co- for the comments on the website. I, I keep keep going back and tweaking it. And it it's, it's I'm not I'm not a web web developer or anything like that. So it's painfully slow. You know, like I want to send to that text. Okay, I lose two hours trying to figure out how to do that. Yeah, <laughs> <It's>, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you can relate. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm a I'm a planner, um, which is you know um, which can be good and bad. You know, you, you know, the typical phrase paralysis by analysis can definitely, definitely apply to me. Um, so yeah, when I, when I read, <laughs> yeah, when I read, uh, uh, when I yeah, followed your course and read loads of stuff, what I, uh, what I could do, um, I felt like I had a, I had an idea of, of exactly how it was going to be and how I was going to do it all. And then obviously just completely forgot to do any of, of the stuff initially. So like my lead magnet didn't get, didn't get done straight away. It kind of, that happened later, even though I knew I should be doing it. I thought, no, I got to get the website launched first, but I got jumbled with the order of doing things like that. Um, sorry, what was your question again? Joel, I'll just talk <laughs> about like, well, first I'm wondering like, how did you come up with like the brand name, like soundtrack oh, yeah. Academy? I mean, that's great. Um, but just talk about like creating that brand and then just like in terms of building the website with the pages that you have, the content that you're putting out, like just walk us through this. I mean, Jeremy and I look at your website and, you know, we see you have the start here page, you've got the courses page, you're putting out articles and podcasts. Um, and that just seems like for us, obviously that's exactly what you're supposed to do. But for someone who's listening, who's like, doesn't have a website, maybe like, since you're a little bit, you know, closer to that person in terms of your journey, like just talk about what, why you built your website the way it is with the different pages and content. This episode and all of our episodes are sponsored by the Online Course Masters Academy, the one and only place you need to become an online course master yourself. With over two dozen courses that tackle every aspect of running a successful online course business, a private community of students like you, and bonuses like live office hours and webinar trainings, we've built the Online Course Masters Academy for anyone creating their very first online course and for anyone more advanced looking to increase their business and brand. Visit onlinecoursemasters.com academy to join today. 
Sure. So the, yeah, so the branding went through um, a couple of a couple of iterations. Um, it started with uh, I think Score Music MI was my first sort of name, because uh, it was Score Music for Moving Image. You know, I was trying to think something really. You know, I like the sort of video school online. I was like, I need something like that. And then you get in your head and you think that works. And then a week later you look and you're like, I'd already bought the domain and everything. Yeah. I was like that's a shit name. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to find that. And I picked up myself on everything saying, and I'm going to have to say like M, not N, M for music. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so like I had a few, a few iterations of that and um, yeah, the Soundtrack Academy kind of, I thought what, I want to be able to encompass everything. You know, I, I don't want to niche myself down to just film music. I want game music and media music and mm-hmm. even like songs for film. Eventually I'd like to do some songwriting courses, things like that. So soundtrack encompasses all that, even ADR and sound design and stuff. Soundtrack covers all of that and Academy obviously went well. And it's when I was looking for uh, domain names, I looked at soundtrack and soundtrack Academy and then um, it recommended soundtrack.academy. And I thought that's cool. So like my, my, I, I always refer to it as soundtrack.academy. It's like, I think it's just really nice how it works like that. Yeah. Um, stylistically, obviously, the, the stuff, again, that went through iterations. My first thought was it was going to be all um, Art Deco kind of style, like, and even like old movie posters kind of kind of look, and then tried to build all that, and I thought this is just, it looks old and just does mm. not dated. So then I just went total minimal and just had that typed special elite font and typewriter kind of, because I thought it might be like, look like a script, which yeah. I quite like the idea of a script. Looks good. I, Thanks. I, I think eventually I think I'd like to get someone into kind of do the website better because I think it's it's still it's still not quite how I like it, but it's 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 getting there. In terms of again and, and layout, the layout of the web page and the and the and everything also went through some iterations too. Initially, I had a like a one page website, so it was just um, but it had like everything on there. So the, the article, like recent articles, uh, the, the, you know, you can get lessons with me and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And the more I was putting stuff out and the more I was thinking about the purpose, that was a big thing, thinking about the purpose of each piece of content that I'm doing. What is the purpose of the podcast? What's the purpose of the website? What's mm-hmm. really coming down to the purpose? And like the whole thing of my website is to help people learn soundtrack composition, but also to try and get people into my brand and the lead magnet and everything, which is why on that first page it is just all you see first is get the, get my ebook. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to update that into uh because again, this is one of the things that's just, you, you get so into stuff, you you don't think properly, but you know, people who take online courses will want to take other online courses. So I'm going to update the the lead magnet into a, into a free course instead. Cool. Like a film music, four week film music workshop. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that, um, so, so Yes, yeah, so when I really thought about purpose, that's that's what the website's really aimed at now. It's to try and that was the two things. Firstly, get people onto the email list and also make people stay on the website. So it's just the lead magnet and content. That's all you that's all you get on that first page. If you want to read more, you then go to the start here and it says a little bit about who I am and, and why I'm doing it. And again tries to get people onto the onto the email list and gives my best best content so people go straight to the kind of the best stuff they should watch, read or or listen to with a so it was one video, one blog article and one um one podcast with Michael John Mollo who worked with John Powell and <laughs> all kinds of stuff. Really cool. Um, so yeah, uh, cool. 
Yeah, nice. it, it, it looks good. The site is really clean. It's laid out very easy to read. I, I suggest anyone who is maybe starting out and doesn't have a website to go check check it out because it's a really nice layout. It's, you know, you can find everything on there. You know exactly what you're looking at at soundtrack.academy. Um, okay. So let's talk about a little bit about um, your, your, your lead magnet, your email list. I'm assuming uh, because you had just found out kind of about all this stuff when you started did you already have like a YouTube channel or social media following or email list or were you starting from scratch? Starting from scratch. Um, I had a YouTube channel for my composing stuff, but I just had nothing because I'd been teaching for so many years. It, it, I hadn't been upload, updating that at all, but I had, uh, I did have some scribe, some scribe, subscribers on that. Actually, it's funny story. I, um, <laughs> when I was at uni, I rescored a, the love scene from Mr. And Mrs. Smith, you know, where they're kind of half fighting, half making uh -huh. love. I record this like Spanish um, style piece behind it, and it just it went viral. <laughs> nice. It was the only the only scene of Brad Pitt and Angelina, Angelina Jolie going at it on YouTube, basically. Yeah. And I had like I think I got away with it for a while because I put a big thing saying like ripped for educational purposes. So oh, like because nice. <laughs> it was part of a university thing, so that had low like millions of views, and I got a few subscribers to that. And that track keeps popping up everywhere. It's really weird. It just like <laughs> appears on the most random places. I'm like, I wrote that. <laughs> like, any royalties for it but i wrote it um but yeah no but the soundtrack academy i started everything from scratch no no followers nothing no email list and i'm i'm not great at uh, the prom promotional side of stuff um i'm really hesitant about spamming like facebook groups and uh, everything i'm trying to do i try to really naturally so if someone's asking a question about something and i have something related to it i'll try and squeeze it in but again i'm quite like with the podcast, for example, I kind of, people ask a question and I'll say, oh, we talked about this in my podcast. And then I, let, I wait for them to say like, what's the name of your podcast? <laughs> you know, because yeah. I don't like to really to, be, to come across like um, spammy and stuff. But the few times I have just posted things like that, I've got some really good feedback from it and grown subscribers from straight away, which is amazing. And, you know, for the first time this week, I posted a, a video in a Facebook group um, in a in a trailer, trailer music group. After I spoke to the admin first and sort of asked to make sure it made sure it was okay and everything, and they and they were they were really they were really supportive about it. Cool. And uh, this like ten minutes later, saw on Udemy someone had bought the course through the YouTube video. Oh, it's the first nice. time it's happened to me. And it's <laughs> but it's ridiculous. Like until then, I thought no one would actually watch a video. You know, you do all the stuff. You put the link at the top of the description yeah. and you say a thing, go and buy the course. And you think no one's actually going to do it. Someone did it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, that's awesome. Yeah, it does happen. That, that, that's good. So, so you went and you created this lead magnet. How long did the lead magnet take you to make? Uh, it's 40 pages? Yeah, it didn't take too long uh, because it was, well, to actually put it together, it was take, I, it's taken from a lot of the blog posts that I've done. It's kind of a compilation in a way. Um, cool. I'm, I'm a fast writer. Um, I do a lot of research and stuff and then sort of blast stuff out. So, um, Can I hire you to write for me? <laughs> I'm not oh, please writer. do. <laughs> I mean, fast, yeah, fast, fast typer. Um, yeah, so I, I sort of blast out this, these things. Uh, so, I mean, the, the blog part of the, each blog article kind of took like a whole day to put together, you know? Um, when I get in, this, I'm one of these people when I get in the zone, like I'll just go, go, go. I kind of sit at my desk and like, I need to go and get lunch. Okay. I sort of move here keep typing i need to go and get lunch okay i need to go and get lunch i'm still typing i'm still typing <laughs> and then uh, eventually i'll go and get lunch but it takes two minutes then i'm back 
Cool. Well, it sounds like you're kind of, I mean, you've got it all set up and um, I know you wrote to us that your email list is small and your podcast Mm -hmm. subscribers are small but mighty. Um, (laughs) And I'm just trying to, I guess, help you a little bit. Um, Like where, where do people live online that are interested in this kind of like soundtrack production? Like are there other websites that teach this or blogs that talk about this or uh, you talked about like the Facebook group you posted your YouTube video in but like like yeah that's usually what we talk tell people to do is like find out where people live and you know you know start interacting with those people online but do you are there places like that already yeah there's 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 lots of Facebook groups um and uh, yeah, Facebook's definitely definitely a big one. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people on Instagram, but I I struggle with the with seeing Instagram as a real way to get to Instagram feels a bit distant for me for a lot of a lot of things. I don't feel there's much real connection in there. Is Facebook groups definitely? There's loads of because people are always asking questions about this kind of stuff, and Facebook's the quickest response they're going to get. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're trying to figure out how something works in Logic, they're in they're in Facebook groups asking. One thing I'm finding is. Some of the groups, I mean, it's uh, the people that are, well, the people that are interacting are at a very high level. And like my stuff's more aimed towards beginners. So it's trying to work out where the beginners are and how how they're finding it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And your podcast, like, do your guests, I mean, it seems like some of your guests are well known. They've got like, they've done really impressive things. But um, are they people that have their own email lists or audience that they would share like your interview that you do with them too yeah they do most yeah all the guests i've had on are are sharing it the weird thing with composers is it's very rare that a composer has made it because they have a big following and they're they're already famous you know unless you're talking like trent Reznor from nine snails or someone who's already had like Mm -hmm. a you know a big career or junkie xl people like that but the most of them i mean even like um uh What's his name? Oh, I can't remember his name now. That's okay. I'm not going to know him. Sorry. So. <laughs> no, yeah. Well, he's like, well, you probably would because his, his, his granddad is like the godfather of, of, of Hollywood of music. Like he has a whole soundstage named after him. And I, oh, Newman, David Newman. There we okay, go. Got yeah. <laughs> um, he's like, only, he only has like 200 followers on, Insta- on Instagram and, and things. So they're not, their brands aren't built in that way. And yeah. getting work as a composer, it's all generally through face to face as well. It's kind of just yeah. meeting people and who you know. So these these people don't tend to have email lists mm, to yeah. to promote to people. They are they are sharing it about, which means I'm getting more guests, which is great because obviously their their community of friends are also professionals. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. It, um, I imagine there's a lot of people though that just with modern technology, anyone can download an app now that they can start putting together their own beats. People are going to be interested in wanting to make money with their, those skills and uh, putting out soundtracks and stuff. So it definitely seems like a good, there should be enough audience to run a successful business off of, um, and potentially even a more higher priced sort of academy or school or course. Um, it seems like that would be cool. Um, yeah, I mean like this, the new kind of, breed of composers film composers coming through a rock stars now like mm-hmm. Hans Zimmer sells out arenas 
around the world yeah, and yeah. Brian Tyler and people like that doing these massive concerts. It's so I think hopefully that's going to bring more people to it. Yeah, for sure. So um, speaking of like the audio side of stuff, uh, I would love to get any tips or advice for newbies in terms of audio stuff. Um, so first off, can you just talk about what kit you have right now, what you're using for your online courses or maybe like give some suggestions for like a budget op- option for a microphone or any equipment you have and maybe some higher end uh, gear that you use? Sure. Um, I mean, I knew when I was setting out my starting to do my courses that I was going to script them. Um, and I, and I actually used a teleprompter and then script all of my courses. Uh, I feel like I've managed to, to do that quite naturally and figure out how to do that naturally. It means that, that, everything's kind of laser focused because there's no waffling or anything on, not, not like this interview. So that, so I also knew that I, I for, for my benefit, I needed some, I, my microphone needed to be off an off camera microphone. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can get like, obviously like label mics and things like that. And you can get some, some cheap, uh, Lavalier, um, mics that are good but i actually used uh i'll drop it into shot i know you're not gonna use this video but um a little uh hypercardioid microphone which is an octava mk012 octava say that again (laughs) mk012 okay we'll add it to the show in russia (laughs) and the the reason why i bought that there was one other one i was really deciding on the reason i bought the octava was because it came in a wooden box and i thought that was cool (laughs) (laughs) the wood box Um, always cool yeah (laughs) So, uh, but, the, but yeah, if my advice is if you are wanting to do stuff where you keep, you can keep, get, get away with keeping the camera off screen and, um, be in a room that's untreated, like uh, this is, this room's totally not treated. There's loads of echo in here. Yeah. Hypercardioids are great because they have such a narrow focused, um, uh, shot kind of like, uh, what are they called? Um, telescope. Oh no, not telescopic mics. You know, the mics, you guys always use them. Like BMK3. Uh, Shot, shotgun well, shotgun yeah, yeah, or yeah. boom yeah yeah shotgun, shotgun yeah. mics yeah but the shotgun mics that are kind of too narrow when you're indoors in some ways yeah so hypercardioid mics are, are really great for that cool awesome and would how you, much does would, that mic cost do you know that's probably about 200 dollars. okay cool i think nice i'm sorry would what, what would you recommend for someone um you know when when you're using a shotgun Mike, or I'm not sure about the hypercardioid, but when, when you're in a kind of a stationary place, they work great because that's hitting there. What would you recommend for someone who might have a little more movement? Maybe they're teaching like cooking and they're going back and forth or, you know, something like that where you got to have a little more movement. Would you still go with a mic like that or do a lapel mic or what? Hire a boom operator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, like a yeah, a lav mic would be would be would be great for that for that kind of uh, setup, um, providing you don't like drop it in a stew or something. But it would be, <laughs> it'd be uh, yeah, no, for for moving moving around, um, yeah, lav mic would be good. You, the problem with any other type of type of mic in that setting, like you say, unless you can have someone like actually booming and and following you with with the with the mic. Uh, is it's going to pick up all the noises from like if for the cooking, for example, it's going to pick up everything else. You could, mm-hmm. you know, you could put like an omnidirectional mic in there, but it would be, it would pick up all of the, everything that's, that's, that's around. And that's the only way you would still pick yourself up if you're walking around. So yeah, a lav mic for anything that you, you're moving around is, is definitely your best bet. 
And are you using any other um, audio like um, interfaces, processing equipment or anything like that? Yeah, so my I run everything through a little audio interface, um, just a little Focusrite Scarlett 2i4 there. Again, probably $150, $200. Yeah, it's a popular one. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of like post-production, uh, I run everything through Isotopes RX-7, which is um, a really popular post-production thing in, in, in the pro world. It's used a lot for like dialogue on 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 movies and things like that. You can say say one more time. Isotope. Isotope. I I Z O T O P E. Isotope. R X seven. R X seven. Um, and again, I think they do they do. I think I managed to get it for like thirty dollars. They do these they do these big sales every now and again. Wow. Um, just just a total basic package. I mean, the pro one is is thousands, but the the, the basic um basic package and it, and it's it's magic. It's great. It has an assist like an automated assistant that scans your track and tells you sort of what your recommended settings are and mm, it can just nice. take out room tone take out any clicking noises in your mouth anything like that or like automatically it's it's really great that sounds really uh, cool. and then and then it goes into uh logic and I, I have some templates that i use in logic but it's basically if anyone's really interested uh it goes to a dsr uh, uh surgical eq uh compressor um a tonal eq and then sometimes a DSer again. And this is when you need to be like, and I have my isotope uh, course or my audio <laughs> processing course that is coming out and you guys need yeah. to take it because I break this down because, you know, <laughs> even I know a lot about this stuff, but audio is just, there's so much to it and it's, it's confusing for me. So um, yeah, that's, you know, put that on your to-do to list for a little, <laughs> a little course on, uh, I mean, there's, again, it's one of those things, there's lots out there, but it's like, might as well have one of your own where it's just like uh, a basic course on processing audio for, for video or podcasts or whatever. I think that would be great. Um, yeah. yeah. Speaking of course, like back to like the courses though, like what, is, what are your plans for your next courses? I know you've put out a couple since you worked with Thomas. Um, but what, what are the plans with, um, you know, creating more course content? Sure. I'm just finishing off, um, a course on, uh, orchestration for strings, orchestration and writing for strings. So that's, um, that's my current plan is to do a suite of, of orchestration courses. Mm -hmm. I think one of the nice things about film music is it can be so broad in many ways. Uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm actually working on a big mind map at the minute that breaks down every skill that you need as a, um, as a composer. And like, I think the, the big three that break off straight from film music is composing industry and um, production skills. And those are how, that's how my website split up. But then each of those obviously break off into, you know, with composing, there's music theory, orchestration, um, a myriad of other things. Yeah. But, uh, so, yeah, the next thing is, is orchestration, doing some orchestration for strings. Um, and then I'll follow those up with brass, winds, percussion, uh, choir. And then probably like a general how to put it all together um, course as well. Um, nice. From there, probably some music theory, maybe some keyboard skills. I'm really kind of trying to get all of the the basics first so that I can, you know, get all those basics audience together and then bring them on the on the journey through to the more advanced stuff and the more business skill stuff as well yeah that's what i was just thinking i mean it's it's obviously great to have you're looking at it more like creating the the courses that will teach people how to make the music first but right off of the top of my head is like 
you need a course that teaches people how to, you know, get those those pieces of music online selling and like a stock music course. And yeah. that that's what I would think would sell even more. But it's like, I don't know. I don't know what you think, Jeremy, is like, do you start with that course or, you know, what Johnny's doing right now, creating the basic courses first? Is that that better? I, I, I'm not sure. Well, I, I like I kind of like the idea of taking them through the progression. Yeah. And uh, we had a uh, another guest on the show, Lindsay, that I've created courses with. And me and her kind of took this approach where we thought to ourselves, someone who is beginner to graphic design, what would they need to know? They might not need to know every button that Photoshop does or Illustrator. They need to know kind of the basics. And so we created kind of a basic graphic design course. And then we said, from there, where can we take them? Well, maybe we can show them all of the Adobe courses. Uh, softwares. And so we kind of keep branching out that way. So mm -hmm. we'll do, you know, something that shows all the core, all the software, and then we'll like niche down into the individual softwares and get more in depth. And then we think like, okay, now that they've learned graphic design and the software, what's next? Well, they're going to need to know uh, how to get a career or how to become a freelancer. So I kind of like the progression of taking them through those steps, because especially on a platform like Udemy, with the ability to promote your other courses, as you progress them, you you can promote them into those new courses. So mm -hmm. once once you get to that second course, you know you can pr promote that, or you know that first course you make the second one, you can promote that, and then when you make the third one, you promote it. And I feel like it's more of a progression. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, I, I I like that idea of having like the several courses that you know take you from beginner to the end end goal, whatever that is, getting a job, making money from your music. But I also feel like you listed out a lot of courses and I don't know how long it's going to take you to create all those <laughs> basic courses. It seems like it could take a couple of years where yeah. like if you did create like a basic, like just stock music course where it's just like, I mean, if this is something that you know how to do um, mm -hmm. or you collaborate with someone who like does it, um, who's been really successful at it, but like breaks down, okay, how like on each of these websites, like how you just upload your, your music to those platforms, like, if there's any sort of like marketing you need to do on those platforms in terms of choosing the right title for your, your songs, like trying to get one of the a course like that out might be good to do sooner than later so that that course can start to get, because people are going to buy that course, even if they don't buy your other courses, because people might yeah, already yeah. know how to make mm -hmm. music. Right. So yeah. I don't know. That's just, I guess a little bit of what I would do. Um, <laughs> But but it's good that you have all these courses in mind that you're going to continue continue creating. What's your goal? Is this like, are you still working, um, doing other projects, working full time, or is this like you're jumping into it and trying to make this your full time thing right now? No, yeah, I've jumped jumped straight in trying to make it full time. Nice. It seems like that's been our entire married life. Me and my my <laughs> wife and I, we've sort of taken it in turns to one of us will work while the other one studies or does something, and then then we'll swap. Uh, so at the minute it's, it's my turn to, to try something out. Yeah. <laughs> so nice. yeah, no, I'm trying this, trying this full time and, uh, yeah, jumping straight in. Um, I do, I still, I do have a couple of project of actual film music projects in the pipeline with a, with a director I've worked with, um, in the past, which is, which is cool. Cause it's been a, been a while since I've really flexed those muscles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, for, I know creatively. how that is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I'll, hopefully I'll, um, be working on those soon. Cool. But the yeah, the longer term plan is to try and um, 
really build the, the brand and not rely as much on on Udemy. Yeah. I mean, that's that's not really what I mean. I, the Udemy, I, I still want there to really capture those beginner students and to really kind of get those people on the first stage of the journey. And then I want to really build the brand um, a little bit further up to uh, to a bit more detail. Yeah, for sure. Ooh, sorry. Uh, you know, you took your phone on do not disturb, but you have an alarm that goes off. Sorry. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> we didn't hear um, it yet. <laughs> but yeah, the, um, the, I have, I was thinking about maybe eventually again, I mean, this is further down the line. So it, my, I know the more I read, the more I find out, the more my plans change, but a membership site would be really cool. Yeah. I was toying with the idea of like, of having a membership site with all of the courses on it and all of, all of, all of those things, but also part of that being like a monthly masterclass with a composer Mm. kind of taking my podcast to the next level where the podcast is an interview with them and I, I'm focused on their process rather than like rather than just stories about the industry I'm like what do you do and I'm I'm thinking that maybe the the website could be a the, sorry the um, subscription site could be a, a build on that like just sit me actually with the composer in a video and like let's spend a day and go through your whole process and I'll edit together and have like these master classes every every month yeah, yeah, cool. Maybe. That'd be cool. I, I, I like that. That's a good idea because I have you checked out masterclass.com. That website. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, that, yeah, that's a that's a really cool website. I mean, that's that's a really good idea. And if you had it around a centralized niche where you could um, have different people in different styles, I think that could work out really good because people could come on there and see everyone's going to write music differently and have their own ways that they go about it. And so I think that's a good idea. Um, we're going to wrap it up soon. We had a couple more questions for you. And one of the questions uh, that I wanted to know is um, start where you are now. You've got, uh, what is it, four four courses on, on Udemy? So you're at four courses and knowing what you know now, if you could go back to when you started, what could you tell our listeners and our audience out, out there some tips or tricks or something that could help their journey or maybe help their mindset getting past the point of, you know, not creating a course or maybe they're hung up on something in the beginning. Do you have any tips or tricks that you can help them with? Um, if people are getting stuck on, on starting a course, uh, two things. One is to, just like I did with the pop history thing, try and find something that you can get out with fairly little pressure. You know, the, the pop history course for me was was kind of good for two reasons. One, I kind of knew that was very niche. You know, I knew that wasn't going to be a, um, <laughs> a huge, massively successful course because there aren't that many people that are really wanting to study pop history and writing mm -hmm. about pop, yeah. Um, so that was one, there was kind of low, no pressure to really kind of, you know, what if this goes viral and millions of people are going to see it? Does it have to be perfect kind of thing? Mm -hmm. And also that I already had all the resources sitting there. So it was kind of a case of turning the camera on and, and recording. Um, if you're nervous about recording, see if you can get a teleprompter and do it, you know, actually script it out. I'm, I script everything because I, I, as you, as you hear, I, stutter and <laughs> waffle and and all sorts of so like even my all my podcast like introductions are scripted and i you know and they, they double the good thing about scripting is you can double them up as you can tweak them a little bit to use them as blog posts or anything like that as well so yeah so start with something you know and you know take try and take some pressure off yourself if you're still struggling to actually get started i mean just like you know i would never have got started started if it wasn't for thomas because he, you know he had a deadline that you want to get these courses released at and we need to get them recorded by then so I did it. So collaborate with somebody, find someone mm -hmm. who's going to hold you to a deadline as well. 
cool. And don't get don't get too bogged down in in planning at all. Just do yes, plan it. I'm like I say, I'm a planner, but just uh, just don't get too bogged down. It once you set your plan, just follow through and try it for a little bit, and then and then adjust if if it's if it's not if it's not going right. So yeah, treat your business like a like it is a business. Very good. Very cool. Well, I think that was a great, that answer is usually our last question, which is best advice for anyone getting started out. So I really appreciate that. And you taking the time to be here with us, Johnny, it's been, it's been great for everyone listening. We'll make sure to add all the links to everything Johnny talked about his website, the gear that he's using and recommending, um, at our website, onlinecoursemasters.com forward slash eight six for this episode and we always like to get a give a shout out to people leaving reviews for our show um so i will ask you one more question but you can think about it while (laughs) i read out this review and that's just um as someone who's starting out i see you doing you know you got your podcast your youtube videos your blog articles and i think a lot of people starting out wonder well what form format of content should i be focusing on. And I think it's going to be different depending on what kind of topic you teach. But based off of your experience so far and starting your brand, um, maybe you can just answer like what you think the the format that's converting the best for you, whether that's your YouTube channel, your podcast, your website so far, or, or I guess if someone's just starting out and trying to decide which they want to focus on, uh, what you would suggest to them. So you can think about that. Uh, our review today was from iTunes. It's another username that is just a bunch of random letters. So I don't know who this is from, but they say perfect for starting out. I don't know what I would have done without this podcast. The tips provided here have saved me so much time, effort, and money. I'm in the process of making my first course right now. And this podcast has been necessary for me throughout the course. The Facebook group has also been great for me with even having directed feedback from Jeremy himself. I can't recommend this enough if you're serious about making an online course. So thank you for that review, whoever that was. And uh, unless your name really is YYFDHJFSGF. Oh, that's me. (laughs) Maybe it was Johnny. (laughs) No, you were YFGHFSGF. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thank you for that review. And please, if you're listening, take a moment right now. Just say thanks to Jeremy. Jeremy and myself and our wonderful guests here on the show by leaving a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you your show is on. And that's a tip I have for you. If you don't have your show on like all those places like podca- uh, Spotify, um, uh, Google Play, it's pretty easy now to get your show on there. And also, I was thinking a Facebook group might be a great way to kind of grow a community for soundtrack academy just because jeremy and i have found so much success in finding new people who are interested in online course creation or on my own uh groups for like photography um definitely i would that's something i would consider for you johnny to to check out yeah i do have a um a facebook group for the music music moving image by soundtrack academy and it's (laughs) i'm hoping it's gonna hoping when i get some people in it it's gonna be good because it's uh a lot, like I said, a lot of the groups that I'm part of are almost a little bit elitist in some way. You know, it's, yeah. you, people are a bit scared to ask kind of basic questions because it's there. There are amazing pros in there willing to give the time, and no, and they are very respectful. Nobody's ever um, nasty on answers or anything. But people, I think people are, don't want to ask kind of basic questions in there. So I'm hoping my group will 
Don't yeah. don't be afraid to name it toward your audience. So say music yeah. production for beginners group, because then you can yeah. specifically talk to those people and say, if you're a beginner, this is the place for you. If you're intermediate or na- or advanced, you know, it might not be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, great, great and, and for the beginning, like uh, this came up with another uh, guest just recently about like naming their Facebook group. But and I'm not I don't know who exactly your audience is, but I was actually on Facebook and I was looking to see if like stock music creator. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's from my background or maybe in America, we think of like soundtracks for film a little bit differently. I, the first word that comes to mind for me is stock music. And maybe that's not exactly what you're going for, but like I looked up stock music musicians or stock music creators. And so for me, that's what I would look for on like Facebook. So I would, since you're starting out, um, I mean, your name is 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 actually kind of catchy. Uh, music for moving image, <laughs> and I like that it has the by soundtrack academy in there as well. Um, but if you want to just hit the nose on the head a little bit harder too, just when you're starting yeah. out, don't be afraid to do that. Um, yeah, yeah. But anyways, my last question was for picking a format. You have any tips or advice? Yeah, I mean you kind of already gave that advice a little bit earlier on when you asked me where the audience is um working out yeah who's going to be listening and what type of people you're going to be getting uh and yeah what they what they would what they would want because i'm finding like the podcast for example um i'm getting lots of lots of amazing people put themselves forward who are all working and they're sharing it with their community community and i i feel like i have this quite responsible position that I was sort of center of the the pro composer community which is amazing but it's also that it means everybody listening to me are kind of are professional composers mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. isn't really the type of people that my courses are aimed are aimed towards some of them some of them are but not not all um so yeah so the I mean for it's really dependent on on, on your niche I mean for film music the tutorials people do love YouTube yeah. for finding that i mean if people a lot of people i speak to on the podcast when they I, I always ask how they learned and youtube so it's like that's that's where those are so it is working out i mean i guess it's like you just you just put yourself in in the shoes of somebody looking for stock stock music groups on 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 facebook and that's what you're searching for it's it's doing that yourself like mm-hmm. if i was trying to learn and i was trying to find content what where would i be searching yeah um and yeah so youtube and the, and the podcast blog articles perhaps my my plan with the blog articles because uh, everything's complete content content nowadays which is a blessing and a curse i personally hate when you know when you see the first page of google it's just like 59 chips of this and i'm like i don't have time to look through 59 i want the top three <laughs> but, but it's still like complete content so like my blog posts are going to be going in a direction where they're um, an amalgamation of youtube videos and text so that everything's kind of more interwoven in that way. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. like they're all they're all multi-purpose, cross-purpose, even some snippets in the podcast and stuff, rather than seeing them as two separate entities. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. No, I love that. <laughs> yeah. You you can literally just do the podcast and turn it into a YouTube video and put that into your blog post or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. That's that's repurposing your content. That's the that's a perfect way to do it. So that's something I'm really trying now. Is like I. I came to the realization a few weeks ago that I am a, a content creator and that means I have to put the effort in with content, like, I, you know, doing courses and videos and stuff. But when it came to like social media content, it was like, 
I had a lot of stuff automated and, and lots of stuff to share, but it's like, I need to do more on that. So yeah. I have this whole strategy now that's going to be coming out this week of, I'm going to drive people mad, but that's the... <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, Johnny, thank you so much for the time. Thank you all the listeners. This episode went a little long, but I know that you guys are hopefully uh, learning a lot and we'll definitely continue to check out your, your website and follow up. And uh, yeah, thanks again and best luck with everything in your business. Thanks so much, Ben Jeremy. Take yep, care. See you. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, make sure you check out onlinecoursemasters.com for show notes, to enroll in our academy, and to join a free community of fellow course creators who can help you out. Also, if you're brand new to teaching online, check out our free five-day course creation challenge. It's the perfect way to jumpstart your online course business. Thanks so much for listening. We appreciate your support for the show. Now it's time to get to work. So go make some online courses and help us teach the world.